0: No, I mean, these ideas of, oh my gosh, we're barely unlocking the door and already ripping each other's clothes off before you get into the house, throwing things off the desk or throwing things off the kitchen counter and just jumping on there. Well, first of all, that looks really uncomfortable, by the way.
1: (laughs) Just, I mean, being honest here. And a lot of that comes out of the media. We talk about this frequently where it's the movies, it's the TV, they've got their writers, they've got their plot, and it doesn't work like that in the real world. You may be one choice away from a thriving marriage. Welcome to the Operation Thriving Marriage Podcast with Brian and Jennifer Hartman. Hey guys, so welcome to the Operation Thriving Marriage Podcast. Glad to have you here with us. And Brian, I have been having such a great time at these different speaking events that we've been doing.
0: They've been a lot of fun. It's been great to see the crowds out there and be able to share a little bit and hear their stories as well.
1: Yeah. and Recently, where we did an Operation Thriving Marriage Experience event. Um, it, it's interesting because what we do is we'll put my cell phone number up on the screen and people can text in questions to us that we can talk about at a Q&A And it's always important for people to, you know, who might be a little bit nervous about asking questions about sex to just text it in because I have no idea who they are. So a text question came in that said, like every area of life, we mature. What are some marks of or waypoints of maturing in your sex life? And my, of, of course, kind of smarty pants remark was that me personally, which it was not. But it, again, what, what are
0: those marks or waypoints of maturing in your sex life? I think this is such an important question, though, because we, don't, we just don't talk about sex enough in the church you know we don't talk about sex enough in christian circles and small groups and we have all these weird ideas and strange ideas about what sex is or what good sex is what it's supposed to be like and without safe biblical contexts to talk about these things couples really don't know how often what it should be like we see a lot of couples just kind of chasing these sexual experiences that are unrealistic.
1: And a lot of that comes out of the media. We talk about this frequently where it's the movies, it's the TV. They've got their writers, they've got their plot, and it doesn't work like that in the real world.
0: No, I mean, these ideas of, oh my gosh, we're barely unlocking the door and already ripping each other's clothes off before you get into the house, throwing things off the desk or throwing things off the kitchen counter and just jumping on there. Well, first of all, that looks really uncomfortable, by the way. (laughs) Just, I mean, being honest here. But all these things, this frantic stuff, or the idea that honeymoon sex, the first few sexual encounters you have, that that should be the normative. And let's be honest. For for the forever, right? Yeah. For some people, it was great and wonderful. For some people, it was a little awkward as they were trying to figure each other out. But this idea that we got to keep chasing these sexual experiences and sexual expressions that are put out in the media, in television, in books, and then of course, worst of all, in like the trashy romance novels, the erotica and pornography just puts these completely unrealistic expectations in couples' heads.
1: And very skewed expectations. And we've talked about this before. Again, we we share this all the time. Stay away from pornography. Stay away from that erotica because that's really going to taint your marriage experience. But we've found that when couples do find themselves unfulfilled and different, distant sexually, they're going to be more open to that temptation to find sexual fulfillment elsewhere. And a lot of times that is then enter erotica pornography and so on.
0: Absolutely. We were even recently watching a television show where they had basically normalized masturbation where it's just like, oh well, okay, I'm not getting the fulfillment I want, so I'll just take care of my own needs. Like some uh, sort of
1: like a CBS
0: drama, I think we were watching The Good Doctor. Yeah, right? and so and and the um the euphemism they were using, I was boosting my own morale. Oh dear. You know, and Shout out to Dave and Ashley Willis, who talk about this on their podcast. But one of the things Dave always says is this is not a solo sport, Mm -hmm. you know, but we chase all of these things or couples will chase all things because we don't know what mature sex life in marriage should be. And so we really want to talk about that. And one of the things I want to make very clear we talk about this a lot is fulfilling sex is fulfilling sex when you and your spouse are fulfilled. And enjoying that. We're going to talk about some normal ways and ideas about how that helps strengthen your relationship. But you should never compare your sex life to anyone else's because this is between the two of you. And whatever other people are doing and however they feel they spice up their relationship, whatever it is, you don't need to do anything other than love each other. And express your love to each other physically, and what's working for you works for you. And that's something important. But when things aren't, and it's common for couples to have times and experiences where things just aren't um, as fulfilling as they want it to be, and they're wondering what they should do, here's some ways that we can help you guide you into what mature sexual experiences look like in marriage.
1: Yeah. And we had just recently talked to a, a couple and they we were working with some couples where they have smaller kids or just had a baby. And that dynamic is going to be different just be, because of the woman's experience physically after having a small kid. So let's just, just put that into perspective there after a, a, a woman has a baby. And It's one of those things where I think that it's about body, but it's also about that mindset and having the most important
0: sexual organ is your mind.
1: Surprise, surprise. Take notes. Um, That's very true. But just having that correct mindset about sex and also having that appropriate biblical perspective because God is communicating to us truth in the Bible and He's going to be giving us that outline and that blueprint for what sex needs to be like. And
0: Before we get into um, talk about the purpose of sex, and we've talked about this before, we want to emphasize sex starts outside the bedroom. And this doesn't mean ripping your clothes off in the kitchen unless it's just the two of you alone by yourselves. But it means having a strong, intimate relationship in all other aspects of your life. Your sex life is going to be better if you are naked and unashamed and intimate in other ways, there was there's an old cliche that sex starts in the kitchen, but that's true. How are you expressing love? How are you expressing intimacy that doesn't involve sexual intercourse that does that you still got your clothes on? How are you doing that and that's you know romantic touching where you're just kind of holding hands, um, caressing someone's shoulder as you pass, not someone's your spouse's shoulder Thank as you, you very pass. Much doing these things that show that you care, looking each other in the eye when you're talking to each other, or just looking at each other and smiling, saying, I love you.
1: Kindness, flirtation.
0: Flirtation, sharing each other in ways other than in the bedroom, that is going to improve your sex life immensely. And it's often talked about, but it's often forgotten because so many couples think that it's that there's some sort of technique or exercises or we got to rip out the Kama Sutra and come up with a new position or new game in the bedroom. Nothing wrong with exploring those things, but what's going to make the biggest difference is how intimate you are outside the bedroom and how close you are emotionally when you're not having sex.
1: And it's important too, to remember what the purpose of sex is because sexual fulfillment and sexual release are not the same thing.
0: Yeah, it's, I mean, sexual release is great and wonderful, but you can have sexual fulfillment in other ways and other experiences.
1: Yes, in those those roundabout ways, if you will. And orgasms are great. Um, as a married couple, we want you to have a lot of them, but your sex life can be fulfilling even when they don't happen all at once. And for some of these things, too, we've met many couples that we've spoken with where their background baggage from their families of origin or past church experiences, past romantic relationships can have hindrances on that. So if it's important to talk to a therapist, a couples therapist or Absolutely. an individual therapist, that's what they're there for. And, and there's there's no shame in getting help. And we'd encourage you to do so because I always say God wants you to have a fulfilling sex life as a married couple. And we also want that for you.
0: And sexual fulfillment comes from the closeness and intimacy you experience together as a couple. Yes. There may be experiences where you're giving yourself physically, sexually to your spouse, and the sexual release doesn't occur. And let's just be honest, that's more likely to happen for women than men because of how things function. But that doesn't mean that it was a bad experience. It's how close do you feel? During and after,
1: and I, I think it's important for you know men and women to just understand and appreciate what their differences are and to be communicating. I'm saying men and women, but that husband and wife together to be having those conversations about what works best for for each partner and and what makes sense to act upon together. I was reading an article
0: recently, and I've always been trying to come up with a good way to describe this, and I'll try to put this article in the in the show notes if I can remember that. But this therapist was talking about the difference between spontaneous desire versus responsive desire. And fulfilling sex lives for couples that last a long time, that have strong marriages, they experience that responsive desire. Mm -hmm. Spontaneous desire, that's what we see in television and movies. That's the, oh my gosh, I can't resist you and I'm going to rip your clothes off right here and I don't care what's going on. You probably had that experience at your honeymoon or early experiences when you were married of, oh my gosh, I can't wait to get home and this is going to be great. And if supper gets burned, we'll just order pizza. And I hope you had those experiences and Woo! I hope you have them again. But that's not the most fulfilling or the only fulfilling sexual experiences. Res-
1: or, or the right experience. You know, it, it's not a, this is
0: absolutely right. This is correct. This is proper. This is the only thing it's a good thing but not the only good thing yeah responsive desire is the desire that develops once you are with your with your spouse it's when you're laying in bed and your skin touches each other and you're you start remembering i like this i like this person and your body starts responding to what's going on it's not necessarily you're revved up and all hot and bothered before you get between the sheets but You get between the sheets and start caressing and snuggling and kissing, and you get revved up in that time. Your body responding to the love and intimacy you're sharing in that moment rather than being all fired up beforehand. That is more fulfilling and creates greater closeness than the spontaneous desire.
1: And it's important to also make sure that you're focusing on your spouse and their needs, their wants, and their desires. And sex is going to be more fulfilling when both of you are satisfied, but that will only happen when you both focus on each other instead of on yourselves. So it's important to, again, continue to communicate about these things. And if, if you're you want to try something different, talk to your spouse about that. Even if you're a little uneasy, maybe the spouse would say no, but you need to honor each other and kind of figure out. You know, would you be willing to try this thing or is this off the table? And and how do you navigate that? You need to be naked and unashamed, not in just in sex and sexuality, but in talking about that.
0: Absolutely. Um, one of the things when it comes to focusing on your partner that Jen says all the time that I really appreciate is sex should be used to Draw closer to your spouse. Your spouse should never be used as an object for sex. Truth. You know, and when you're focusing on each other's needs and wants and desires, you focus on what do they want? And then that's when that fulfillment comes in and then start talking about it and talk about those things you like. But obviously consider when you're talking about sex to each other, consider where you are. It's okay to talk about sex outside the bedroom. Matter of fact, you should talk about sex, but appropriateness you know, in front of the kids is different no. from you're wrong, wrong, wrong. by yourselves watching television and no one else is in the house. Um, make sure you're clear about what your spouse's comfort level is. Yes. You know, if it's okay to do what we call in the air force, the good game, you know, smack each other on, on the backside. Hey, Oh dear. If, if that, if your spouse is comfortable with that and that's something that works, that's great talking about those things. But If your spouse doesn't like to talk about those things in certain environments, that's okay. If it has to be only, you know, we don't talk about that in the kitchen. We don't talk about that around food, whatever it is. You know, we don't do those things, but also talk about plans for having sex later. Planned sex is sexy. It doesn't have to be, oh my gosh, it's the spontaneous moment. It's okay to, you know what? Hey, tonight, this is what's going on. We've got this formal dinner tonight. And then we know that we're not getting back until late and we're going to both be tired. So let's plan to go to bed early tomorrow night. You know, planned sex is very sexy planning. Hey, you know what? I can, I can take a long lunch on Friday. So let's take a long lunch a really long lunch on Friday. Enjoy that. And what happens with that too, is the anticipation of the experience heightens the experience
1: absolutely and it's important for you to also be able to in having those discussions about sex talking about sex shout out to salt and pepper dj spinderella just saying back in the days in the yeah, early anyways. yes you are the salt of the earth is another thing and not sorry salt and pepper there but express how sexually attractive your spouse is and i think that that's a really cool thing that can unfortunately go away the longer you've been married or enter kids into the picture because you're doing everything you can to keep up with raising a family and career. You need to continue to prioritize each other and still express how sexually attractive your spouse is to you And that should be shared by your spouse kind of coming back to you. And whether you've put on some weight or you're not feeling particularly attractive or not, you chose this individual to be your spouse and you need to express that appreciation. And if you both are working on some health goals together, I think that that's a fantastic thing um, to be able to do for those health purposes, but just
0: express that attraction as well. Just like they know you love them, but you still say, I love you. Just because they know that you think they're sexy doesn't mean you should stop telling them that. You know They need to hear that. We all have fragile egos at different points in our lives. And your spouse needs to constantly hear from you that they are special to you, that you have chosen them and you still choose them. Yes. That they are still important to you. They still are special and that specialness continues and you that chosenness continues indefinitely it didn't once we said our vows up there in front of all those people then that was that's not the last time you express that you love them that's also not the last time you express how exciting they are to you and also prioritize sex it's there's a myth that says that sex should just spontaneously happen and if it doesn't then it's not good and that's just not true. When you prioritize sex, you will have more sex, and sex will be better.
1: And some of that too—that that could be that you and your spouse kind of talk and you agree on how many times you'd want to have sex in a week, and see what you can do to to meet that goal. Um, and some or exceed
0: that goal, meet
1: or exceed that goal. Thank you. Um, and uh, see see what can be done about that, and maybe that is through kind of that scheduling. And again, schedule subject to change, right? Absolutely. Um, Or have some spontaneity that would be included in that as well. But do what works for you. You are the architects of your sex life and your
0: relationship together. And acknowledge, and it's okay to realize that it changes over time. Those early experiences at the honeymoon and that first six months, first year of marriage are exciting and it's one of those you're learning about each other. You're learning each other's bodies. You're learning turn ons and turn offs and all those things. And there's some excitement and newness to it. But then the newness goes away. You know, it's you can it can only be the first time once. And then I'm after saying. that, you learn each other. And that's something that is fulfilling and special is when you have a knowledge experience of I know that they're going to respond. When I do this, I know that they like this. And then that experience of, yeah, he likes that, she likes that, and they're responding to you. Again, that responsive desire builds your own desire for them as well. and it um, it builds that long lasting, Experience that you're looking for.
1: There is that weird myth that fulfilling sex is wild and spontaneous, and that's just not true. Fulfilling sex is going to be that sex that brings two people into a closer and more intimate relationship. And again, we're maturing in every area of life, and we want to make sure that we're emphasizing these marks of or waypoints of that maturing in your sex life. That's going to be bring better sex. To, to you and your spouse, and therefore more of a fulfilling sex life in your marriage. Fulfilling sex is that sex that brings you two into a closer and more intimate relationship with each other, and mature sex remembers that purposes of sex. It acknowledges that sexual experiences changes over time, is focused on your spouse, and is talked about and shared together.
0: Jen and I started Operation Thriving Marriage to help couples and churches take marriages from merely surviving to thriving. We've got our book, we've got a blog, and resources for our coaching ministry, and you can bring us out for an Operation Thriving Marriage experience. For more information, go to OperationThrivingMarriage.com. That's OperationThrivingMarriage.com.